It's the show after the show. This is the After 9 Podcast with Scott and Kat. Can I just say, thank God it's Friday. Yeah, you can. Thank God it's Friday. Of course you can. This has been a hell of a month this week has. Holy cow. What are you doing this weekend? Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, girlfriend weekend this weekend. Ooh. So I am, because I obviously am done work much earlier than she is, so I will be going to her place to surprise her and have dinner ready for her when she gets home, because I imagine she doesn't get that very often. Oh, very nice. Unless there's other guys sneaking into her place and cooking for her. <laughs> what are you? And I'm next? not saying that's not <laughs> happening. I'm just saying I don't know about it. What are you making? Do you know, or are you going to go to the grocery store, figure it out, bring uh, it back to her place? I'm a needs inspiration kind of guy. Right. So I will go and wander around, and I'll see something like um, rapini. Okay, here's a good start. Or I'll see um, uh, catfish is on sale. Great. Let's work with this and come up with something cool. Okay. Then I Google a whole bunch of recipes and I am good. You're good to go. Yeah. What are you doing? Oh, you're going for a massage today. It starts this afternoon. My weekend starts in the afternoon when I go for my uh, 90 minute massage. You know, you can get two hour massages too, but I'm afraid to go into that territory because you know me, it's 90 or nothing. I can't do 60 because once you go for a 90 minute massage, 60 is like, where's the rest of it? Keep going. Keep going. Where, what are you, why are you stopping? Most people are good with an hour massage. Yeah. I'm not saying that, you know, oh, it's not wonderful. It's great. But once you do 90, I'm telling you. You can't go back again. You can't. But someone was telling me over the text line when we were talking about this earlier, well, you got to try a two-hour. I can't. I can't commit to two straight hours of it. I can't. Not without I, falling asleep. Not without falling asleep or body parts going numb. Where do they rub on a girl? Like, do do they rub your uh, uh, chest at all? Like, how far down do they go? What do you think? That they grab at your boobs and start rubbing your boobs? I don't know if they touch your titties or not. No. They, no. they Not in, in the movies you watch, maybe, but not at like a place like Gina's that I'm going to. So you can, they'll, they will do up here, though. They will do your chest. Yes. See, that's what I'm asking. No, no, no. You were touching your boobs. I meant here, though. Yes, they will do that. Yep. It feels great, too. Sure it You does. don't realize the amount of stress that your body takes on in weird places. You wouldn't imagine. But getting the massage right here through the chest area i guess you would call it above the boobs uh is what are lovely. we defining as boobs like the nipples Nipple. yeah so she touches the cleavage well they go all the way down yeah i guess so i don't know i never i never stopped to think and about you looked it. at me like i'm some sort well, of a no, sick because fucker. you were you were touching it like it was a porn movie well i'm not asking if there's cupping i don't suspect no, she's like no licking your cupping. nipples or anything i'm just wondering how much of your boob does she take on you have to pay way too much extra for that <laughs> no it's honestly it's whatever you want and whatever you don't want some people don't like their feet rubbed for example they're ticklish it's awkward they don't like the feeling of it i love it okay see and, and they'll ask they'll always ask i have my usual go-to people Right, so they already know me, but there's air. They'll just say, "Is there an area you want me to focus on?" For me right now, yeah, maybe you know what, my neck a little bit. I feel like you know, maybe I slept funny. Work on that a little more. Do you want me to massage your feet? I feel like they ask that no matter what. Okay, I think the best part of a massage, and it feels great when they do your uh, shoulders, feels great when they do your back, but our legs don't get a lot of attention mm-hmm. paid to them, and so they'll start and they'll start down here and they'll do the your calf. calves. And then they work their way up. And once they get to the back of your leg, that's pure bliss. That feels great. Then they go to a certain level and you think, uh, 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 stop. 
They well, there's, always there's, stop like right below the butt. There's establishments you can go to where they'll continue on and oh, on I know. and on until you're happy. <laughs> no, I don't mean like a happy ending, but I mean, when you think about what takes the most abuse in a day on our bodies, probably the posterior, probably the butt, the ass. So it's so funny. The glutes, right? Glutes. That's, that's what they'll ask you about. And you can get your glutes. I've done my glutes and my hips before. So they'll ask you in advance, do you want your glutes, whatever. I have a friend of mine, uh, Carson, that went for a massage, and he didn't know what glutes was. He thought glutes were in your, in your leg. Oh. So he just doesn't know the parts of the body. So he's like, yeah, you know what? I'll get my glutes done today. What an idiot. So then he lays on the table, and the girl starts a mas- massaging, and massages all the way up and massages the glutes as a professional He's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> she said, oh, I'm sorry, sir. You, I asked you if you want me to massage the glutes. He's like, that's where the glutes are? Like, you fucking oh, idiot. Geez. What a dummy. So if they ask about the glutes, it's your butt. And it does feel good. Um, <clears throat> number of messages have come in about the After 9 podcast. So many about yesterday. And I feel like people generally agree with podcasts. I think it was 154 yesterday. Don't fuck a banana. Okay. Really Great lesson. Great lesson to learn at any time. Uh, we've talked about the job action that's happening here in Ontario by the teachers, and I got a nice note from a teacher. So her name is Kristen. She says, I want to share my two cents. I'm a daily occasional teacher with, that's a long acronym, so I'm not sure what school board it is. She says, most of the teachers I have spoken to about everything have all shared the opinion of the ones that toe the line, as you put it. They all said they'd rather lose the raise if it meant the class sizes would be kept reasonable and other teachers could keep their jobs. Personally, I've seen classes so full this semester that it cannot fit enough desks in the room for the number of students enrolled. Yeah, I think the class sizes stuff, it's an average. Basically, there's some that are very big and there's some that are very small. We've got basically empty classrooms in parts of the province. The problem is... A lot of people live in a very small area Mm -hmm. and it's not like we can build a ton of schools right there in that small area or we'd have schools on schools. So it is an average when it comes to class size. I don't know that it's really unmanageable and I really don't know that that's a huge deal when it comes to post-secondary and really that's what it's affecting is post-secondary. But she goes on. She says, as for e-learning, while I understand your point of it being part of a student's future in learning... The concern for me and many other teachers I know is that too many of the at-risk students or borderline at-risk students will be set up for failure without constant support from a face-to-face classroom. Hmm. While there are many students who can and do thrive from e-learning, there are just as many, if not more, that will suffer from it being a mandatory requirement. Here's the thing. I read this and I thought, that's just regular union talking points. When it comes to e-learning, Here's the ultimate compromise, and I'm shocked that nobody has thought of this. Should it be mandatory? Yeah, sorry to say, it should be mandatory, and I'll tell you why. Because, A, that's the way you learn when you get out of Mm -hmm. the public school system. We take e-learning courses here all the time. There's people getting full degrees via e-learning. There's a lot of different scenarios where you don't get a choice. Ah, Do you want a live body or do you want to do it online? It's only available online 
you're going to encounter an e-learning course that you have sure, to take. Sure. And here's the, here's the thing I will mention too, because I try to stay out of this a little bit only because I don't really have a, a dog in the race, if you will. My kids aren't school age yet. I do have a lot of teacher friends, so they'll tell me their side of things. Uh, I'm not in school anymore though. So I kind of feel like I'm a middle person here. But your kids are coming. But my kids are coming up to that age. Here's the shitty thing about the point that you make about the e-learning and the in-class we all learn differently, yep. and that has never changed. Mm-hmm. I remember being in some classrooms with particular topics. Maybe I would have excelled if there was e-learning for that particular topic. My face-to-face teacher did shit all for me. Yep. Like, I really, truly mean that. There's I a couple failed of math them. because of a bad teacher. Ex- same here, right? And I think a lot of people can relate. Maybe that subject for you was English. Maybe it was French. If I had a different learning approach anyway... I would have done better. And that was back in the, what, late 90s, early 2000s. It's always going to be that way. Different children learn in different ways. And the sooner that we figure that out and try to give them multiple reasons, and maybe that's one of the answers. If you know your kid will excel with e-learning, let's put those kids in e-learning. If you know your kid will excel face-to-face, put them in the classroom. Maybe that'll free up some space. Is that not a possibility? Well, teachers would argue that, well, if it's mandatory, everybody has to do it. So I still think that, yes, everybody should have to do it. And I'll get to the ultimate compromise in just a second that I think would just end this whole thing. Uh, I'll give a shout out to our friends, Ryan and Jay. They do uh, an afternoon talk show in Toronto. And I was listening to them yesterday because I was out and about. They had a caller on who was trying to talk up the virtues of e-learning. They said, listen, my daughter was doing horrible in math. She could not grasp it. Once she took it in e-learning, because it had really neat graphics and visualizations, it was almost like the numbers jumped at her. It was almost like that was the clicking point where she got, oh, that's what Pythagorean's theorem is. Oh, that's what that means. Oh, X and Y axis. Mm-hmm. Now I get it. Because that's the way she learns. And she it's learns a visualization well that thing. Way. And that is one of the perks of e-learning is there's a lot of visualization to go with it. But the ultimate compromise here is the teachers understandably, they don't want to lose teaching positions. And if there's e-learning, I think the general fear is, well, we're just going to make teachers obsolete if everybody just learns online. While we're introducing this, while we're getting this off the ground, mandatory two credits in four years, that's not that hard, by the way. You would need two e-learning credits to graduate. And by the way, your e-learning credits could be in uh, nutrition. Your e-learning credits could be in Whatever. Not hard stuff here, by the way, unless you want to take certain harder ones. But there has to be a teacher. There has to be a classroom. Mm -hmm. Students just don't have to go to it. Or go to it minimally. Like uh, you rotate. This 15 students are going on this day. This 15 students are going on that day. Is that too much? Is that too complicated? Maybe it is. A week on, a week off. Or you can sit there and do your e-learning stuff in the classroom. And if you have a question... There's a teacher right there, someone there to answer questions and clarify and troubleshoot. I don't think that generally most high school students these days need to know how to use a computer, but just in case. And we have a live body there that will coach people through the e-learning. And once this is up and running and we can see that test scores are improving, great. Then we can talk many, many, many contracts down the road. We can talk about whether or not we actually need live bodies. But until then... Maybe we'll see test scores decline, and then we have to back off of it. But we're not going to know unless we try. And if we can Mm -hmm. promise that there's going to be no jobs eliminated, there still has to be a teacher there. And by the way, if you're a teacher who's in charge of an e-learning course, i got to think that's a pretty good existence for you. Mm -hmm. I'd kind of like to do that as opposed to a real hands-on, 
science or history class where you get asked a dozen dumb questions every 10 minutes. Does that still happen in classrooms? Oh, yeah. I don't think that'll ever yeah. change. Okay. But isn't that a fairly reasonable compromise? I, I Look, I don't disagree with you at all. And I'm okay for change. Some people do not like change. And yes, it's maybe fear of losing a job. Maybe it's you have kids that you want to make sure that they go to school. You don't have to want to have to worry about them being, what, well, where are they supposed to learn if it's not in the classroom? Well, you can use the school library. Maybe you have designated tech rooms that are full of iPads and laptops. Mm-hmm. Use some of that fundraising money and, and buy some tech uh, there's a lot there's of different options. ways that it can yeah, be done. There's options. And I, I'm with you in that we, uh, I'm, I'm okay with a change in how we learn because we all learn so differently. And, Absolutely. And that, like we said, will never change. It will never change. I also, in my high school career, I got screwed out of a couple of marks in a couple of different areas because I'm pretty confident the teacher just didn't like me. Mm-hmm. I'm also pretty confident that teacher didn't know what they were talking about. So you'd maybe rather be a number instead of a name. You might have excelled that way. Absolutely. Hmm. So whoever grades those e-learning courses, although in a lot of ways, I think they grade themselves. So the ones that I've been involved with, you take a course and you have to be on each page for a certain amount of time, and then you can advance to the next page. You have to do quizzes along the way to show that you know it. It's very, very comprehensive. I think people who, a lot of people who are opposed to e-learning, have just never done an e-learning course. But I can assure you, at some point, you're going to have to do it. Whether you're a bartender who needs a smart serve Mm -hmm. or you're uh, uh, an office employee who's now required to take an e-learning course on office etiquette, uh, equality in the workplace. There's so many different examples. It's not going away. It's only going to get more and more intensive. And I think we're doing a disservice if we don't make people jump in and at least dip their toe in the water. Mm -hmm. You don't have to dive into the deep end and get your entire high school diploma online, but a couple of courses, two out of eight semesters. I don't think that's a big deal. I think this is a losing argument because I think there's a lot of people who kind of see it that way. It doesn't seem like this strike is going to get resolved anytime soon. I don't think so either. It's kind of weird because I think... Initially, it looked like the teachers were going to walk back in September or October and the government was just going to legislate them back to work and maybe make them an essential service. But then the union countered with, well, we'll just do rotating strikes. Can't really legislate us back to work if we're only striking like once every three weeks in each board. And then the government countered that with, all right, fine, we're just going to give money to parents and compensate them for the days that they have to get daycare for when you guys are walked out. I don't know what's going to happen next, but it's a real it's a real chess match. You know what else is interesting, too? Um, the Conservative Party of Canada blown up. Well, actually, they had a great result in the election back in October. But then Andrew Scheer stepped down and it was chaos. And ah, who's going to lead the party? And, and we thought that there was going to be a lot of people stepping up to want to be the leader because they would have a legitimate shot at being the prime minister right. if they can win the leadership. And it's amazing the amount of people that have said no. First one to say no is probably the one who would have won, Lisa Raitt. She said no. Just this week, Jean Charest said no. Pierre Polyev just yesterday said no. And on Wednesday, Rona Ambrose, who probably would have won, also said no. All of them are out. So that leaves Peter McKay stuck in the race. Now people are speculating. If you opened up uh, Twitter this morning, you may have noticed Stephen Harper was trending on Twitter. The reason is there's a lot of speculation that Stephen Harper may come out of retirement and run against Peter McKay for leadership of the party that he founded. And he's fully allowed to do that, right? There's no rule against that here in Canada. Is is that not a rule in the States or other countries, right? In the States, they have term limits, so you can only be president for for two terms terms. in total. Yeah. Okay. 
So you could run and be president, lose, not be president, and run, run again, again, but you can only do two terms. But you'll only be in for the four years, you're back again for the second time. That's right. And here, there's no limit. No, there's no limit because it's not really, we don't elect prime ministers, we elect parties. The right. leader of the party is the prime minister. So it's kind of an interesting dynamic that Prime Minister Steve could be back. There, that could, and that's <laughs> legit. Is that that's a real good source? Like good sources are saying this is the case, or is it more? It's re- speculation. Specula- okay. It's speculation, but he did step down from the board that manages the money arm of the party. Mm-hmm. So there's no conflict there. If he wants to run, it's he good could. hair versus good hair. Boy, you think we're politically divided now? Wait till you see Harper versus Trudeau 2.0. Oh my gosh. That'll be interesting. It certainly would be interesting. I, uh, I, I don't know if he'll do it. Like I said, it's just speculation. But the leading theory is, is that if he doesn't like any of the candidates that could take over the party that he was the first leader He's going to say, screw you guys, move over, I'm in. That's right. It's wow. almost kind of like a fuck you move. It and is. If he does it, Eh, but I think could the, I think the party would even be like, okay, all right, I get it. <laughs> Fuck kind, me, right? <laughs> kind of like when Dad raises their voice. I mean, everything can be all fine, but if Dad starts yelling, then everybody stops you know. and listens. Yep, one of those type okay, of deals. Okay, that'll be interesting then. Uh, while we're on prime ministers, why are people making such a big deal about Justin Trudeau spending? Lots of money on donuts. That's so stupid. I can't believe people are still talking about this. I don't know if there's a lack of things to talk about. There's a lack of things to tr- to criticize Justin Trudeau about because that- he, he's been fairly quiet. And what he has done, he's done a good job of. So it, it's almost like, and again, I, I'll admit I am a fairly right-leaning individual. I'm not actually a member of the conservative party, but that's who I identify with the most. And I see these conservatives and like, oh, how dare you? Why didn't you just buy a, a dozen donuts at Tim's for eight bucks or yeah. whatever? Why'd you have to go and spend 50 bucks a dozen? And, and you know what would have happened, though, is that so he went to like a mom and pop shop, if you will, donut shop. Independently owned. Priced a little bit higher than a Tim Hortons donut would, for example. You know he would have gotten shit if he had gone to Tim Hortons, bought all those donuts for a cheaper price for the taxpayers, but didn't go to a mom and pop shop. Well, you fucking hate small businesses then. Come on, just stop it. Listen, conservatives, calm down. You don't need to make a big deal of donuts because it just makes you look really trivial. Just calm down and wait for something real to happen. Honestly. In the meantime, you got to stop blowing up the little things. I mean, it's getting kind of stupid now. Even I'm frustrated with us. So relax. (laughs) Let him eat his donuts. Everybody loves donuts. Fine. It's the retreat, whatever. There's lots of time to get critical. Yeah. Not now, though. It's so irritating. It's I can't even read the threads, you know, because part of me wants to read them, and then I start reading them. I'm like, this is it makes me feel stupid just reading these. Yeah, I, I do too, Kat. And, and you know what? I'm like, you know, I get that politically I'm more aligned with these people in my views, but I really disagree with people when they do stupid stuff like <laughs> Doesn't that. Doesn't mean you have to like them. Yeah, as people. Yeah, like a lot I, of them are. I dumb. was gonna go to the convention. Both sides. And and the convention is happening Pride Weekend in Toronto. It's like, whoa, there's two big events happening in the city. I'll be in the city. Why don't I uh, kill two birds with one stone? And there we go. Now I'm thinking. I don't want to hang out with you fuckers. Like, is that all we're going to do is talk about donuts and haircuts and beards? Because it's kind of stupid. Like, you're making yourselves look dumb. Stop that shit and move on to important stuff. I, I, amen. Go ahead and play this at the next local riding meeting. You look stupid. Stop. It's got to end. You look stupid. In any case, uh, (laughs) let's get on to a replay of today's missed connections from our FM morning show. And a happy Friday to you. 
let's connect some people that have lost it. Missed connections is people looking for other people. Can't find them, so the story goes online, hoping the other person sees it and contacts them. This first one is called, I Have a Confession. It's a man looking for a woman. I watched you leave your car and head into the mall. You parked right near me and you were striking. I saw you in a couple stores. You returned a few items at the bay. By the time I got out of the mall from running errands, the snow had really piled up. So I brushed off your car for you, in total detail. Knowing a princess like you deserves no less. I waited quite a while in my car, listening to some music. Finally, you arrived. I was the guy in the red coat. I got out of my car and yelled to you. I cleared off your car for you, sweetheart. You said thank you, but I think I took you off guard. You offered to tip me. I refused. But I do wish that I could take your number. You're confusing chivalry with stalking. So the fact that you noticed her in the the parking lot. Where's the line? Explain. He noticed her in the parking lot, followed her into the mall, followed her around the mall. That's not okay? And then went out to the it's romantic. the parking lot before she did so he could brush off her car. And while I'm sure he had the best of intentions. This could easily be a Nicholas Sparks novel, Scott. You don't know. It's not coming off very well, dude. You can't follow people. It's a little creepy. As nice as it is for someone to clear off your car like that. <sighs> trying to take credit for it afterwards and letting the person know. Isn't that kind of defeating the purpose of just doing something nice, a nice gesture? That was, I think, what he was trying to use as his in to get that number, although he didn't ask for it. He just refused the tip. Okay, fine. It's the in-between part. I'm not okay with it. Hey, if you saw a hot girl, great, no problem. You could maybe start up a conversation. Brushing off her car, that's a nice gesture. Maybe that's a good in. The in-between, though, where you followed her around from store to store in the mall like you're some sort of a private investigator. (laughs) That's the red flag. That's a red flag. Don't do that. I feel like I picture Adam Sandler. Here, take this. Leave me alone. What do you need? Five bucks? Go. Go away. Beat it. This poor woman didn't know if she was going to get asked on a date or robbed. (laughs) Lock the door. Quick, 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 quick. She wasn't offering you a tip. She was giving you money to go away. The good thing is he brushed off her car, so she was clear to just head right out. Yeah, you can just peace out right then and there. Get out of there as quickly as possible. Uh, This next one is called I'm Looking for Dane. This is a man for a man. I'm looking to reconnect with Dane. I can't say too much, but Dane, you know who you are. You came over when my wife was out to help me with my drain issue. We got to talking and ended up doing so much more than plumbing. You showed me some incredible things I never even knew. Afterwards, I wanted to get in touch with you. But of course, since I'm married with children, we agreed it was for the best if we didn't connect. I guess you blocked my number. Maybe you feel guilty. My wife doesn't know to this day but I wouldn't mind if you came to take a look at the drain one more time. Feel kind of bad for the wife here. I mean, Uh, she she just went off to work and thought, okay, I'll just leave him to 
deal with the plumber. Plumber can come over, unclog the drain. She sure didn't he, expect sure that he was he coming did. over to clean the pipes. That's not what she anticipated. Regular run-of-the-mill day. Oh, yeah, don't forget the plumber's coming. Yeah, I know, plumber's coming. I'll meet him here. And then he comes over and unclogged a lot of things. Dane, inappropriate. I, uh... I think... Maybe... You should leave the Dane thing in the past. Maybe you two should just... From now on, if the... Disposal is clogged, just leave it clogged. No more plumbers. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to deal with water in the sink at all times fine. from now no, on. The basement's flooded. Don't worry about it. Just it's, leave uh, it. Yeah, yeah, it's it, probably for the best. It's for the kids' future. We're just going to leave it. Who's that guy we called the one time? Yeah, no, I don't know. Not, Not I don't sure. remember. No. Don't remember a thing. Did a terrible job. Uh, forget it. <laughs> you know, I've heard stories about people hooking up with the service people that come uh-huh. to their homes. This is a bit of a weird one, though. I mean, this guy puts the handy in handyman. Thank you. And what stuff did he show you that you didn't even know? Kind of like a little more information on that. Like, oh, oh, ah. Like This tool works with the sink and the plumbing, but it can also do this. (laughs) This right here can go over there doing that. See, I only need one hand to unclog the drain, and my other hand, well, that can be doing something completely different right now. Here, come on over and take a look. Yeah, look right down. Bend over and look right down in the sink. Take a look. Take a look. One thing's for sure. He definitely tipped. (laughs) He definitely got a tip. (laughs) Definitely got a tip. I can't believe all of that only cost $140. Amazing. Stellar, stellar deal. Five stars in Google. 